Welcome to the You Collective podcast. Today with us is Daniel Riley, our pathmaker. Daniel, thanks for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Tell us about you and why you came from London all the way to New York. <laughs> it's a funny story, actually.、Um, it was actually a happy accident. I mean,、um, I was in London. I've always been involved in the creative industry, and、um, at the time, I was currently running a fashion brand, an independent label, and、um, was just really trying to expand this brand. So we branched out to Sweden, LA, Germany, and was just、uh, me and my me and my partner at the time were making a lot of business connections. And then、um, I was actually involved with someone for a while who actually moved out to New York, so they kind of.、Uh, Showed me some of the stuff that was going on in the sea, and it just seemed like a real progressive place. Like, I actually feel、um, a downside with the creative industry in London is a lot of people don't support or invest in their own friends or their own network around them. So, through osmosis, I kind of saw this positive energy happening in New York and whatnot. And I mean, having tickled the itch of running a fashion brand, which was always kind of a hobby and a sort of pastime I had in the back of my mind, I thought, you know what? Let me capitalize on what I actually got my degree in, which was、uh, architecture. So I mean, I got a bachelor of science in architecture. So I mean, I just I just applied for a few jobs out in New York,、uh, very、um, lightheartedly. I wasn't. Sure, anything could happen, or you know, but I do believe in the universe, and I believe everything happens for a reason. So I mean, time went on, and I stopped working on the brand I was working on, and just things slowed down a little bit in London. And then I randomly got a call, <laughs> well, email even from my current employer,、um, who who really liked the work I had on my portfolio on my site, and. Invited me to come down to New York, which was—I didn't even think it was real at first. It was a very surreal experience. So、um, one thing led to another, and then I got out of here, and this is my first time in America. So mind blown. It was just total cultural shock. It was like Sex and the City mixed with—I don't know if you've ever seen a show called How to Make It in America with Kid Cudi, and so it's just like. Living in HBO land or something, it was just surreal, and it kind of encouraged me to pick up my camera, and you know, I'll just pick up my camera and explore because I was living in Manhattan, Chelsea when I first got out here, and there's just so much to see. So from there, I just kind of started developing my photography skills in my spare time over the last year and a half, and it's just become something I've become really passionate about, and I don't know, we just. I'm really just trying to see where I can take that, you know, as well as the architecture, of course. So yeah, I think that <laughs> answers that question. So being an architect and、mm-hmm. a photographer, and、yes. having had the opportunity to see some of your portfolio on your Instagram,、mm-hmm. how do you make your audience comfortable in front of the lens? And bring out their personality or vulnerability to light. Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, I personally, if I'm going to be shooting a subject 
a person or something, I, I like to kind of vibe with them for like maybe 20 minutes to half an hour before. That could be anything. That could be over like a little peppermint tea or, you know, just um, cracking some jokes and stuff. And I, f I feel like I have a nature that's very calm. So like when you're around me, you you just be at ease, I feel. Like if someone's not at ease around me, I, it's very it's very rare. Seldom it does happen. I mean, but I think just being myself and just being calm, relaxed, I think that really just brings out someone's character. And I think having a lens pointed in your face is always discomforting, you know what I mean? So I feel once they realize you're really chilled with it, they become chilled with it. And you could kind of like pick fun at them, like, oh, don't do that, that looks silly, do you know what I mean? And it just you just gotta have it lighthearted. I feel nice, lighthearted atmosphere and a sense of it's not the end of the world if it doesn't go right, you know? Like just have fun and enjoy it. That's that's what I always promote when I'm taking photos. So I think we always have a good time and that's what I try to capture in my photos. And do you feel that your photography and the work that you you do there as a creative help mm -hmm. your work as architect. Well, yeah, it kind of goes hand in hand actually, because um, we do a lot of restoration work in New in the New York City. So, I mean, part and parcel of that is doing surveys and you know capturing our buildings for our marketing. And so, I mean, I I use these skills on a daily, and I I feel architecture and photography are almost synonymous. They're almost symbiotic things. They go hand in hand, and it's all lines. It's all lines, really. So I always try and take the architectural element and put that in my photography, whether it's golden ratios or the rule of thirds. I think geometry and mathematics like play a huge part in photography. So I always try and capture that. And going back to how you describe your journey to mm -hmm. New York City. Oh, yes. Um, I mean, New York is very competitive and vibrant place for creatives. Mm -hmm. um, there are tons of architects here, photographers mm -hmm. here. Um, I mean, what what gave you that drive and that courage to drop the things that you were doing in London and just try it out here in New York? Well, you know, I, I've always kind of imagined living somewhere else, whether it be permanent or temporary I felt like um, there comes a point when you're in your hometown and you reach a glass ceiling of you cannot really progress any further you've kind of reached the limit of where you can go with things and I feel you can choose to accept that and just stay at a constant in your life or you could kind of take a risk and maybe things will go completely left and wrong or maybe it'll be go right but Either way, you know, you probably still have a family somewhere that love you or whatnot. So you can always go backwards, take a step backwards if the step forward doesn't work. So I just thought, you know what, let me take a risk and see something new. And it's it's been an experience, that's for sure. It's been difficult many times, <laughs> but it's probably one of the wisest decisions I ever made. And I, I would encourage anyone to 
branch out, whether it's temporary, whether it's three months, whether it's a month, I think it's really, really beneficial to your like personal development to, you know, move out your city and expand your horizons. What did you learn about yourself when you landed in New York and throughout this the, the time that you've been here that you didn't necessarily know about yourself when you were in London? Mm, that's a, that's a great question. Um, to be honest, in this past year and a bit, I think I've matured so much because back home I always had like. My family in earshot or eye eye shot. If something did go completely wrong, but being here, I'm in a different time zone, so I'm literally on my own. So I've I've really just learned my limits and what I can do, and just uh, about perseverance. To be honest, it's it's made me a lot. I think. Let me find a word. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to have a Kanye West pause moment where I just pause for a minute. <laughs> um, uh, I've learned how resilient I can be and how adaptable. Because uh, even the architecture, going into that environment, it was a total different field of architecture from what I'd sort of done before. It was more on the restoration side as opposed to the design side. So fitting in a team of、um, American people, which is definitely a cultural shock, and becoming accustomed to their standard of working, and even just culture, just living and stuff, is is shown adaptability. That's what I've learned. I've learned I'm good at adapting to different situations and environments. And do you see yourself as a New Yorker now? Um, yeah, technically, <laughs> technically I do.、Um, it's funny because when I phone back home, I catch myself using certain lingo's, and my friends and family will pull me up on it and laugh and stuff. And I just feel、um, I've picked up more of the New York work ethic, where it's drink coffee all day and don't sleep much, <laughs> just work, 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 work. And I, f- I feel like I kind of have that drive in me. Also, I feel like,、um, as opposed to Londoners, New Yorkers are very—I feel they're very compassionate and very well mannered. It's a very nice, well mannered city. So I find myself saying like "sir" and "ma'am" and things like that, which I've never said before. So I definitely think it—I'm a New Yorker now. Yeah. <laughs> and what are some of your long-term goals or? You know, dream as a creative, as an architect, as a photographer. Oh、uh, well, I love all these things equally, and I see them going hand in hand. So,、um, it's really funny, actually. So, with the architecture, I'd, I'd love to design a few more things and constructs and things of that nature, and restore some more buildings in New York, which is pretty much a no-brainer. That's where things are going. With my photography, I'd love to just become bigger and more established, and just do more ambitious shoots, more creative things, push boundaries, and have more shows to showcase my work and just get a bigger audience. Because it's all good and well making things, but you you really just want to see other people's reactions and emotions from your own work. So that's kind of my goal with the photography,、um, and then later in life. <laughs> 
I've always been into archaeology and ancient history and stuff. So one day, this is like long, long, long term plan. In the far future, we're talking grey beard days, retired, big, thick goggle glasses. I kind of want to delve into um, archaeology and restoration. So I'd love to retire and go to like Egypt and document the buildings out there and restore them and make books and take photos of them. So everything I'm kind of doing in life now is kind of leading up to that day when I'm an old man. So it's all relevant. That sounds amazing. What a path maker (laughs) you are. Um, Before we wrap up, um, I mean, for individuals out there in college, universities, or people who aspire to quote unquote make it in the creative industry will want to go into architecture um, and and look for role models or examples of success. What would you tell them uh, that that are important for them to remember as they go through this journey themselves? Well, I, I do think it's important to have a role model. So, I mean, each person's role models are independent to them. So I think having that kind of anchor, it should be someone who has great morality, great um, honor, honor and you know principles that you can kind of gravitate to in times of adversity. And I mean, there was times when I was studying at school where it seemed like all was lost. I maybe hadn't done my work on time and I had insurmountable deadlines and it felt like the end of the world. But one thing that always um, always kept into my mind, there was a clairvoyant in um, the early century called Edgar Cayce. And he, he said something very interesting. He believed in a principle called uh, the Akashic Records, which is like everything that's ever existed or will exist is kind of pre-written in a fabric that's within time space. And then he kind of said, like, you do have a destiny in life. And if you kind of slip up on your path, which is kind of preset, you can bring things back and restore it. So to my understanding, in an architectural format, I like to think of it as tracing paper. So each person's born with a kind of plan that's in pencil, and then it's your actions which turn into a pen. And if you do make a mistake on that paper, you can get another paper, put it over, and start drawing and drafting again to make the destiny you want. And that destiny really is in your mind. So I'll just always say that to anyone. That's my advice. Whatever you believe, you can manifest. So just believe in yourself for the most part. Daniel, this has been great. And thank you so much for your insights. And uh, we hope to have you back soon and see many, many of your work. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. (laughs)